Have you ever struggled as a Christian with your prayers? Are they somewhat short, shallow, or repetitive? Do you wish they could be more focused and meaningful? If so, today's podcast is for you. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holy Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. We are thrilled that you've joined us today. You have Brian and Jeff with you. Jeff, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning, Brian. Yeah, doing quite well. I'm looking forward to uh, today's topic. Yeah, we have a study today on the subject of prayer. And, you know, over the last couple of years, Jeff, we have really kind of discussed this subject being a very multifaceted subject. We've discussed it on a couple of different levels. For instance, if our listeners were to go back to episode 23, we had a podcast with Alan Hitchin on prayer where we kind of just talked about the basics of prayer and, you know, communicating with God, those sorts of things. And then we also did kind of a more detailed series of podcasts with Alan on prayer in episodes 74 through 80. And the purpose of that series was to kind of go over some material that Alan had put together on prayer, and he focused uh, in those studies on things like our responsibilities when praying, things like hallowing God's name, you know, asking according to God's will and what that actually means and so forth. And so, Jeff, today we're going to be talking about another aspect of prayer, right? And that is the importance of focus in our prayers. So for our listeners, we just would ask you, do you feel like, as we kind of said in the teaser, you know, do you feel like you could use or need focus in your prayers? Maybe you have a prayer list, you know, things that you can pray about. So one of the things that we want to kind of ask you to think about today and that we all want to study from God's Word is that, you know, when it comes to prayer, making specific personal application really helps. I think we could all agree that we've probably heard many prayers, we've given many prayers, and it can be kind of all over the map. And I think also we might all agree that when you hear somebody pray and they pray for things that maybe you haven't thought about praying for, it really helps. And so that's kind of one of the things, and we'll get more into specifically what, what we want to go through. But really, today's goal is to enable you to have, you know, kind of a detailed written list that you can literally make notes of as we go through this podcast, where you can list personalized topics to pray about so that your prayers are not repetitive and not shallow, so to speak. And so one thing that we want to do is encourage you as we go through this material, you know, to periodically just kind of pause the podcast, maybe think about the categories that we're discussing, uh, specifically in the context of your own personal situation, and then, you know, write down specific items that you can pray about. And also, you know, we are going to reference several prayers and principles regarding prayer. So I would also encourage you to write down these scriptures, take the time to read some of these prayers that we talk about, and then also, as I mentioned, some of the principles about prayer. Because when you think about meditating about these things, it's very helpful to you know, for it to have personal application to be able to say, okay, I, I see how David prayed. I see how Jesus prayed. Hey, I, I'm hearing this principle on prayer that there's related scriptures about, and therefore I want to reflect on this and say, okay, now how can I apply it to my life so that my prayer is more meaningful 
and once again, not repetitive and shallow and so forth. So Jeff, you know, it's it's one of these subjects that's very helpful. And the notes that we're going to be referring to today, you put together. So thank you for that. You know, I find that uh, what you put together is very helpful in helping us to once again, think about very specific personal things that we can pray about. Right. And, and I think one of the uh, things in this particular podcast that's a little bit unique is that indeed, as you mentioned, we are encouraging our listeners as we go through the material, and and I'll I'll warn you in advance, there's a lot of material here to pause the podcast. Well, before we even start, you know, get yourself a you know pad of paper and a pen or a pencil. Um, pause the podcast as we go along, ponder for you know a minute or two. You might take what we are saying and apply it to your personal life. And then actually write it out. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, writing out a list of things to pray about and to pray for. Uh, because as as I said a few moments ago, there's a lot. I mean, some people may struggle with coming up with things to pray for. Hopefully after today's podcast and with you pausing in between the different uh, sections and the comments we're making, you'll have a very, very, well, hopefully multiple pages <laughs> of things that you can pray about. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to your point about there being so much. I mean, this will be a two-part podcast because of the the amount of material that we have. And, you know, our, our hope, once again, is that you can use this as a reference going forward. I know for myself, I love to be able to look, okay, I need to pray about these things or these people or whatever. And we, we all need notes from <laughs> from time to time, right, Jeff? Right. Well, and as the, the title kind of implies, it does help us to focus our prayer. Uh, it does help us to give us a lot of things to think about uh, and pray for. And by virtue of having written them down, uh, hopefully will be um, an easy reference uh, when you go to pray in the future. All right. So I guess you'll kick us off then, Jeff, with key aspects of prayer. Yeah. This first section, we thought we would kind of go back just a little bit and review some of the key aspects regarding prayer to include, you know, what is prayer? Who is it for? Who is it to? When should it be done? You know, how it should be done. And then with that kind of as a foundation, the whole rest of the podcast will be what is it for? Uh, the different kinds of things uh, that you can pray for or pray about. So with that kind of as an overview, uh, this first section, first of all, prayer. You know, certainly we need to recognize that according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it is a command that, you know, we are to pray without ceasing, you know, being a, you know, not that we're always uttering something, uh, you know, every second of every moment of every day, including when we're asleep, but, you know, having a prayerful attitude and it's a regular aspect of our Christian walk. Speaking of which, according to Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it is indeed not a command, but very important. Within that particular verse, Jesus was telling them in a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not become discouraged. So there's another aspect of, you know, the importance of praying, you know, addressing God. The next thought is, who is it for? You know, can anyone pray to God and expect to have their prayers answered? Well, the answer from scriptures is no. According to 1 John chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, 
It says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Likewise, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against evildoers. So, not only within these contexts and, and other verses I could give you, um, is God attentive to the prayers of Christians, but not only Christians, but also faithful Christians. Next, I might add to that, you know, who is prayer to? It is to God, more specifically, God the Father. You know, it's interesting that, at least within some religious groups, they will address prayer to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Uh, and even though those two are part of the Trinity, uh, at least in terms of the commands and examples we have in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, uh, prayer is addressed, you know, routinely to the Father not to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And we have absolutely no indication that prayer is ever addressed to Mary or to dead Christians, uh, at least those that the Catholic Church you know, denotes as saints. So we have prayer you know, from faithful Christians to God the Father. Uh, as we've already noticed in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it is something that is routine. Uh, it's regular. Um, I might say it's... It's not something that we might call an emergency hotline or a 911 call that, you know, you pray to God only when you get in trouble, you know, on rare occasions. That's, that's not the kind of situation or behavior uh, that the New Testament describes. So we see not only is it supposed to be routine, but there's a lot of scriptures that talk about uh, aspects of prayer. And I know I'm going through this, you know, relatively quickly. And I would certainly encourage our listeners to go back to the podcasts that Brian referenced at the beginning, uh, the previous podcast, for, for a whole lot more material. But for example, in terms of how we pray, in some ways it is a learned skill. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where the disciples you know, sought the, the Lord uh, Jesus to uh, have him teach them how to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. We notice it's not a showy sort of thing to be seen of men. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Uh, it is something that needs to be offered up with a degree of faith and belief and confidence in God. Uh, according to James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. We also have you know, God's assurance that he does indeed care about uh, children, his children, and the prayers that they offer up to him. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, along with 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. We also notice that prayer is to be made in, quote-unquote, Jesus' name, which basically is synonymous with by his authority, which also means that the kinds of things we pray for and pray about need to be authorized by Jesus, need to be the kinds of things that we're allowed to pray for, encouraged to pray for, etc. That comes from John chapter 14, uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, something else, interestingly, the, the kinds of things we pray for uh, should not be for selfish reasons. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 3 clearly indicates that. 
another thing about how you know how to pray uh, is watching out for vain or pointless repetitions. In that particular case, I, I'm reminded of sometimes the various prayers that are endorsed by the uh, the Catholic Church, or uh, I think even within like the, the Hindu religion, uh, there's some uh, vain repetitions. You know, a lot of speaking, a lot of speaking, repeating the same phrase over and over and over again. Uh, that's not what God wants. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verses seven and eight. And in all things, we need to recognize that whatever we pray for needs to be conditioned upon what uh, God wants or desires. His will, his will be done. First John chapter five, verse 14. So a lot of different aspects of how to pray properly and all of that along with who's it to, who can offer it up, how often, etc. Uh, sort of, again, serves as the foundation for the rest of the podcast today, since we're transitioning to now what it is we should pray for. And when I say pray for, I guess I'm kind of thinking especially in what we might call private prayers, you know, personal prayers that we offer, you know, to God, at least according to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. So, Brian, yeah, a whole lot of material. Hopefully we didn't go through it too quickly, but again, if people want to dive into the you know, who, when, where, how often, etc. They can go to the previous podcast that you referenced. Yeah, good way to start. I appreciate you doing that because, you know, we definitely want to frame this with sort of the basics of prayer. And, you know, you were talking about it not being a 911 sort of scenario. And I like that because it's all too easy for our prayer lives to be hindered. But yet when something urgent happens or, you know, tragic happens or whatever, we, well, I should go to God in prayer, right? We might react that way. I, I really need to pray to God. And I, you know, I think all of us, hopefully, you know, certainly spiritually minded people would acknowledge that prayer is so special because we are given the privilege of speaking directly to the creator of the universe through Jesus, who is our mediator. And so we should treat it with the respect that it deserves, right? And as you mentioned, yeah, these are for private prayers and it's not just about praying for ourselves, right? Praying for others, praying to give praise and thanksgiving. And so it's just such a special thing, certainly worthy of us digging into uh, from this perspective. Well, exactly. And, you know, I don't know, you know, some people may, you know, get into a habit, I might say rut, of, you know, the only time they address God might be when they say grace, so to speak, uh, over their food, you know, once a day. You know, maybe even three times a day. And it's just, you know, really short kind of a prayer that, you know, thank you, God, for our food. And then off we go. But as we'll see, there are a lot of things that can be and should be prayed for, prayed about, etc. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one thing that can really help us that we'll talk about next is looking at some examples of prayer in the scriptures that can help us. And there are several notable examples. We'll look at just a few. So, for instance, uh, if you go to the Old Testament, you can look at, for instance, Abraham. Uh, and if you want to write down, you know, Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 33, there you will see Abraham praying on behalf of Sodom and really kind of speaking to the Lord and asking the Lord at one point, you know, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? So when God let Abraham know, 
that because of Sodom and Gomorrah's wickedness, specifically around the, the sin of homosexuality, that he was going to destroy them completely, wipe them off the face of the earth. Abraham went on behalf of the righteous to ask God, once again, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And so there was sort of a, I don't know, Jeff, I want to call it bargaining, but you know, he, he said, you know, suppose there are 50 righteous, would you destroy if there were, were 50 righteous in it? And God said, you know, if I find, because God knows the hearts of everybody, you know, 50 righteous within the city, then I'll spare it. And Abraham says, well, how about for 45 or 40? And they go all the way down to 10. Would you spare Sodom and Gomorrah for even 10 people? And God said, yes, I will. Well, unfortunately, there were not even 10 righteous people. You know, so anyhow, there, there were, you know, Lot and his family that were spared who were righteous. Everybody else was destroyed. So they were allowed to flee the cities. So take a look at that. Genesis 18, 16 through 33. Several examples with Moses. One example is over in Exodus chapter 32, 9 through 14. And if you're familiar with the life of Moses, Moses was an amazing man. So he led the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. And yet by the time they were out in the wilderness, the people started murmuring and complaining, not just against God, but against Moses. In fact, it got to the point where God wanted to and said he was going to destroy the Israelites because they were stiff-necked, you know, they were refusing to be obedient, they were ungrateful, and he offered on more than one occasion to make a great nation through the lineage of Moses. Yet, what I think makes Moses even more amazing is that he pled on their behalf on several occasions for God to spare them, and God did. And so one example, once again, is over in Exodus 32, 9 through 14. Uh, David, several prayers of David. A couple of examples you might want to look at. Psalm chapter 51, after he sinned with Bathsheba. You'll see there he is not only acknowledging his sin, but is very repentant and sorry for it. Uh, Psalm 139, a wonderful prayer of David on his own behalf. He talks about, you know, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Uh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, things like that. So just a, a good example for some things that David prayed about. And then Daniel, another good example of prayer over in Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. Here Daniel prayed for, you know, the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Israel and uh, or Jerusalem and all Israel, really, for sinning and being rebellious against the Lord, which resulted in a disaster striking them. And so Daniel prayed on behalf of them and their sin, and even his own sin, it says there. So uh, Daniel 9, verses 1 through 19. Okay, so now if we come over to the New Testament, just a couple of examples there. Once again, there are many. Uh, but if you look at just the life of Paul, Paul had a wonderful prayer life. He showed tremendous love for his brethren. And if you look at almost every letter and epistle that wrote, was, he wrote, you'll see where he talks about praying for brethren. And so, for instance, in Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, you'll see there that he talks about, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 19, he says that he did not cease to give thanks for you, speaking of them, making mention of you in my prayers, he says. He prayed for things that, you know, like God may give them a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and so forth. 
Uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 4, he says, Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. And then in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 3, he says, We, speaking of himself and Timothy, give thanks to God and, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So Paul was constantly in mind of the brethren and was praying for them. So we might ask ourselves the same, right? Do we pray for our brethren? Maybe not just the congregation that we're a part of, but how about other brethren around the world and other countries that we may know? Things like that. All right, how about Jesus? Jesus had a tremendous prayer life, and the Bible speaks about that in many places. A couple here to reference, Mark chapter 1, verse 34, or excuse me, 35, where it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. So one thing we see that was part of Jesus' life, first thing, you know, he went out and prayed. Uh, we're told in Luke chapter 6 and verse 12 that he went off on his own, you know, into a mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Uh, something that's kind of difficult probably for us to relate to, you know, praying all night, but certainly it gives you an idea of how important it was. And then, you know, in the garden, Luke chapter 22 Verses 39 through 46, you know, before, before he was scourged and crucified, he knew what was going to happen. It was very, very difficult for him. And it reached a point where we're told there that he prayed more earnestly and that, you know, his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. So not only did Jesus pray, but once again, prayed very, very earnestly. So, Jeff, just a few examples of some, you know, really good examples of prayer that we can take a look at, right, and learn from. Yes, certainly. And Brian, as you indicated, we can learn a great deal from the various examples we have in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, how prayer indeed is a very important, critical, vital part of a person's, you know, relationship with their God. And certainly that's, you know, true today. You know, different people, different circumstances, different reasons, but as we've indicated, certainly we can learn a lot. Now, as we kind of shift from examples now to our little bit more of our topic of focused prayer, talk for a few moments about the goals we have or should have for our prayers, as well as some challenges that we have. So under this particular topic, certainly a goal that we as Christians, you know, should have is trying to achieve a deeper uh, conversation, if you will, longer conversation, more meaningful conversation with God. You know, this, this is how we communicate, you know, you know, our situation, our needs, our desires, the things we're concerned about, et cetera, you know, to God. And certainly one of the goals of, you know, focus prayer is to, you know, improve that, you know, to make it, you know, deeper, more meaningful, et cetera. Uh, a second reason can be uh, strength. Uh, we notice in terms of the example of David in Psalms 138, uh, verses 1 and one through 3, where it talks about him crying out to God, and God, you know, was able to, you know, strengthen him, you know, through that, uh, through the avenue of prayer. Uh, certainly, Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7 is a very key verse. For not only you know when we reach out to God, but what that can do for us. Uh, Philippians chapter four says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and minds through Christ Jesus. So in this particular passage, we see one of the key, you know, goals or benefits, if you will, of, you know, effective focused prayer is a sense of peace, uh, inner you know, well-being, etc. And perhaps one of the most important, you know, goals of prayer uh, is that of forgiveness. First uh, John chapter 1, beginning verse 9, and going on into chapter 2, verse 2, uh, John writes, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So, uh, a number of very important goals that we should try to, you know, achieve through a quote-unquote improved prayer life. But unfortunately, there are things that come up that kind of challenge us or hinder us from, you know, achieving such goals. I mean, one of the challenges uh, is perhaps, you know, coming up with things that we could pray for or should pray for. And of course, the rest of our podcast today will, will certainly help with that. Uh, something else, a uh, challenge, if you will, is we humans sometimes, you know, tend to get into a rut. Uh, we tend to just offer up perhaps a very routine kind of prayers or superficial kind of prayers or memorized prayers when our heart really isn't in it, etc. And once again, hopefully the remainder of this podcast will give you a number of topics that will allow you to consider a much broader variety of things that you can pray for and get yourself, quote, unquote, out of the rut, so to speak, of the things you pray for. Uh, the other challenges we often have is distractions. And that kind of perhaps plays more toward, you know, when you pray, what's going on when you pray, finding a good time when you're relatively free of distractions. Uh, if you're, for example, rushing around in the morning, getting ready for work, you know, not the best time. If you um, are trying to pray at the end of the day when you're tired and already sleeping uh, and your body is ready to go to bed, you know, perhaps not the best time. Again, uh, avoiding distractions, picking a good time, etc. So several different challenges that we should be sensitive to. But as I said, probably the biggest one is, you know, that of, you know, what do we pray for? Uh, because, you know, if we are talking to God on a routine basis every day, a couple times a day, you could easily see falling into uh, the problem of, you know, running out of things to talk to him about, so to speak. Brian, any other thoughts about goals or challenges before we uh, start talking about categories or topics or things to pray for? Yeah, I like uh, your reference to minimizing distractions. And, you know, we had looked at Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, where it said, you know, Jesus in the morning having risen, or having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. So it was important to him not only to pray, but to minimize those distractions, right, and get somewhere where he could have quiet, peaceful conversation, if you will. Exactly. So... 
Yeah, as you mentioned next, let's talk about kind of some major topical categories that we can consider that will help us in our prayers. And first, starting with some scriptures that kind of help us in this area, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Uh, another passage that you just read, Jeff, Philippians 4, right? Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, request. Let your requests be made known unto God. So, so far in these first two passages that we've referenced, right? We've seen supplications, you know, making prayers on behalf of others, intercessions, thanking God, and, you know, once again, having specific requests to Him. And then Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2 says, Jesus here says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, you know, we praise God, we hallow or revere, show honor and respect for Him, and that certainly should be included in our prayer. And so, you know, we I think we would all agree there's would be nothing wrong with simply having a prayer where we do that. We hallow Him, we show our love and respect for Him, we thank Him, and maybe we don't ask for anything in that prayer. So lots of different ways you can go here. Now, when we think about some, you know, kind of broad categories of things we can include in our prayers, in addition to what we just read, you know, praising and giving thanks, we all, I think, are probably in tune with making requests for ourselves, which is appropriate as long as we're praying for the right things, but also requests for others. Whether somebody's sick, maybe they're going through a trial and tribulation, maybe they lost a loved one, all kinds of reasons why that we can pray for others. And so what we'll do uh, from this point forward is we will you know, take a look at some of the verses and, and subcategories, if you will, as we've talked about. And so we'd like to, once again, just kind of remind you as you go along and as we go along here, uh, just pause the podcast after we cover something or give you a passage or a thought reflect on it for a minute, maybe make some notes and specifically write down some things that'll help you focus in prayer. So Jeff, I'll hand it over to you. Off we go. Okay. So the first of the four main categories, that of praise. Now, even in this area, and, and I, let, me, let me pause here for a second. Let me go back. One of the things that sometimes we fall into a pattern of prayer is we view it mainly as asking. For something and often for ourselves but as we're already seeing that is just one of at least four categories so uh, as a caution you know if your prayers are dominated by you know asking god for this asking god for i mean for ourselves you know give me this give me that give me this give me that you know <laughs> unfortunately that's more like the little kid you know going to their parents saying you know i want this toy i want that toy please give me this toy and obviously, again, we need to be careful that it's not, you know, selfish. But also, there's a lot more to prayer, as we've said, than just merely requesting or mainly requesting stuff for ourselves. For example, first category, praise. Now, even in this category, there's at least two or more main areas that we can praise God for. Starting off, you know, we can praise God, as we'll see from some scriptures in a few moments, for his creation, you know, for the world, for the universe, uh, etc., for his physical creation. Starting off, I would cite uh, Psalms chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 4, which says, O Jehovah our Lord, 
How excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You know, certainly the uh, the ancient peoples, without all of the you know modern conveniences and electricity and street lights, etc., probably had a lot more intimate connection, if you will, with observing the night sky. You know, sun, moon, stars, etc. And through that, through the you know glory of God's creation, would you know offer praise to Him for the you know the beauty and the magnificence of His creation. Here's another passage, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Uh, similarly, uh, Holy Spirit through Paul in uh, Romans chapter 1 notes that this is uh, or was a way or is a way that God in a, in a sense communicates to humanity. Uh, Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being un understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, certainly we can see you know, the various things around us in God's natural creation that we can praise him for. Now, let's be a little bit more specific here. And again, this is where once I kind of run down through a list of about six different areas, we would encourage our listeners to pause and make personal application things that they themselves could praise God for as part of observing his natural creation. For example, beautiful sunrises and sunsets how about the majesty of the mountains or the you know, crashing waves on the beach how about the awesome unimaginable power of lightning and thunder which is referenced over in job chapter 37 how about the the, the mind-boggling size power immensity of the sun Stars, supernovas, galaxies. How about the amazing abundance and diversity of life on our planet? How about the things that you see while you're on vacation? Or that you might see on TV? Or you might be able to see in your own backyard? Again, these and many other things, if you pause and think about the wonders of God's creation, the laws of nature, you know, the things that go on in the plant and animal kingdoms, the fact of, you know, life and the complexity of DNA and reproduction, etc. Or you think, the more examples you can probably come up with. Now, if you want even more uh, thoughts, I would certainly encourage you to turn over to the book of Job, beginning in chapter 38 running all the way over to chapter 41, where God tells Job, hey, Job, let me tell you about all these wonderful things I've done. 
And he talks about nature, and he talks about snow, and he talks about the animals, and he talks about all the wonderful creatures that he's created. So there's another uh, amazing source of material that we can use to come up with items to praise God for in terms of his physical creation. I might also reference our website under the topics uh, menu item for topics uh, C for Christian evidences, which again makes it you know, very physical, scientific, uh, physics, chemistry, astronomy, etc. Uh, various things that make it very plausible to believe in the existence of God and in turn gives you material that you can use to praise uh, him through your prayers. Brian, any other thoughts under praise for the physical creation? Yeah, I really like Job 38 through 41 because he really gives us some insight to kind of the depth and breadth of God's knowledge and control. I mean, as you mentioned, not only all the things that he created and the animals and creatures, but, you know, the controls that he put on the seas and light and darkness and stars and all of that just really illustrates his tremendous power and how, frankly, as humans, we should not only respect and be in awe of that, but never try to compare ourselves to God. Right. Well, and often we will kind of casually dismiss that under the label of, well, you know, call it, you know, laws of nature. Or some people, you know, will refer to personify it and talk about mother nature, et cetera. But really, as the creator, you know, it all goes back to God. And as you said, not only his power and ability to create, you know, entire galaxies, et cetera, but the intricacies and the various laws of nature that then can sort of play out, if you will, in, uh, you know, perpetuating life on the planet, for instance, and all the, the complex interdependencies and everything just seems to be balanced and things kind of take care of themselves, you know, without man's intervention. In fact, when man does intervene, it's, he tends to mess things up, which is yeah, another topic we could get into. Yeah, it really shows how great God is. And, you know, along the lines of this praise, we can also think and pray about you know, different things that we should praise him about that we read about from his word, you know, whether it be his mercy or as we were talking about his power, his great love for mankind, you know, his willingness to allow us to be reconciled to him through Christ, all of those kinds of things. So if we look at some scriptures, for instance, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 24, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. Certainly none of the idols that people worshipped back then, and even today for that matter, could do anything like that because they're false, right? But like we were talking about with Job, we see his tremendous mighty works and know that there's no one else that could do those things. Uh, over in Exodus chapter 34, verses 4 through 7, it says here that Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. So when we look at what God says about himself, 
we would have to acknowledge what he's saying is true, that he is indeed merciful and gracious, that he is indeed abounding in goodness and truth, and certainly allows us to have our sins forgiven if we are willing to repent and be baptized and so forth. Uh, another one to consider uh, in 1 John 1, 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So God is only good, God is only love, God is light in that regard. And of course, a passage that I'm sure our listeners will recognize, but also illustrates what we're talking about. And that's in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In verse 17, it goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So that kind of goes along with passages like 2 Peter 3, 9, that you know God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's long-suffering. You know, it gives us time. But at some point, there will be a judgment, so we want to be aware of that. So when we think about what you were talking about earlier, Jeff, that it's easy to take God's power and glory for granted, right? So well, let's ask ourselves, do we, at times either take it for granted or do we just forget about it? Is it something that we don't really think a lot about? Well, when you think about having prayer that's very focused, this would be a good area to say, you know what, I just at times need to really pray and thank God for all of these attributes that we just read about and for what he has given us in his word and how his word guides our lives and gives us all that pertains to life and godliness, as we're told in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. So think about things like the creation and all that God went through and the painstaking details that we see in the flowers and the birds and, of course, our intricate human bodies. Uh, the global flood, you know, how God regretted at one point that he had even made man because man reached the point where his thoughts were only evil continually. So he brought this flood and through Noah and his family started over, if you will, well, fortunately, he didn't just completely wipe us out. We deserve that, but he gave us an opportunity, as he promised through his son Jesus, to be reconciled to him once again. How about things like the Exodus plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea and all the amazing things that went on there where God held back the seas so that the children of Israel could cross on dry land? Or things like Joshua's long day, where he prayed that God would allow the sun to stand still and God did, we see in Joshua chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. And in a similar fashion, God showing his power. We also, in a similar manner, read about Hezekiah's sundial reversal. You can read about that over in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, and Isaiah chapter 38, verses 7 through 8. And in that section, God demonstrated his power by causing the sundial to go back 10 degrees or 15 degrees, if I remember correctly. So, you know, it's pretty amazing. And it's another illustration of God's tremendous power. And of course, because he has control over the entire universe, he can cause the sun to stand still. He can cause time to go backwards, if you will. That's just hard to fathom, really. How about, you know, some of the Bible stories that we teach children when they're very young, such as Daniel and the lion's den, and how God stopped the mouth of the lions from destroying Daniel as so many other people had died by their mouths. Or how about Jonah and the big fish and how Jonah was swallowed and really came to his senses 
because he tried to escape from doing what God wanted him to do. But God showed his tremendous mercy on Nineveh by teaching Jonah that even the most wicked people that will repent deserve a second chance, if you will. And so wonderful story there. And then, you know, like all of the miracles that Jesus performed, you know, how he brought Lazarus back from the dead. You know, these are just some examples where it's easy for us, once again, to sort of overlook this tremendous power that God has and how he poured out his mercy on mankind to illustrate that he is, in fact, his nature is love and that he wants all to be saved. And and so just a few things to, to think about there. You know, on our website, if you go into our topical index and choose the letter N, you can read more about this, uh, you know, N for nature of God, uh, and the section C for creation, F for flood, M for miracles, and R for resurrection. You'll see many passages and thoughts about this very thing. Jeff, I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, certainly a lot of things that we, I mean, as we started off, we can see, you know, evidence of God through the natural creation. But we also can see and praise him for his, you know, power and majesty as revealed historically, you know, through God's word and certainly, you know, power beyond our, you know, imaginations. So, so far of the four categories, we've seen, you know, praise uh, uh, that we can offer up to God, not only seen through his physical creation, but also as revealed through his word. We've still got three more categories and a whole lot more material, but I think, uh, Brian, what we'll do is we'll probably pause at this point, give folks a, a chance to sort of absorb this podcast, and then we'll probably come back with a part two where we'll talk about giving thanks to God, making requests for ourselves, and making requests for others. And then I believe, as is our custom, we'll probably have some uh, submitted questions at the end of part two that are related to prayer and, and what we can pray for to sort of round out uh, this most likely a two-part series on what we can pray for and having our prayers focused. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.